everyone, Aurora here with Supercharged Science. <laughs> Sorry, homeschool science curriculum and resources for K through 12. And today I was going to share with you a couple of really easy, inexpensive, effective ways to include science in your homeschool curriculum, especially if science isn't Thing. You don't have time to teach science or you're using a curriculum where science really isn't the focus. And this actually came from a question that came in yesterday from a family that said, you know, the curriculum we're using focuses on literature and art and how do I include science? If I want to do engineering and science, how do we focus on that and still do the curriculum that we're doing? So I'm going to share with you some really quick and easy tips. Get out a pencil and here we go. So for those of you that just joined me, I'm Aurora with Supercharged Science. Now I can say that without coughing and sneezing. So <laughs> there's a couple of really easy ways. You know, it's really easy to teach kids once they're interested and excited. And so you want to focus on the activities and projects that are really exciting to your kids. So often when parents say, well, how do I do a science fair project? It's like, well, what are they interested in? <laughs> so you want to start there. So right now, what's really popular is robotics. So I have a couple of these. Now my kids actually are both in, um, the two oldest ones, the two high schoolers, are currently in an FRC team and I'm going to show you the uh, robots that they're building. But if you've got junior high or even elementary school kids, before you even get to high school, you want to be introducing science as, a, as an application. So you don't want to just do science for the sake of studying a frog cycle. You want to actually do stuff that's got hands-on, tactical, tactile, really strategic, in a strategic, effective way that'll you know, just get kids interested in what they're doing. I mean, who wouldn't want to build one of these? So my kids this weekend, um, my 14-year-old, my 17-year-old hosted, like put on an event for other kids. So 100 other kids showed up and they all competed with these robots. This is called Vex IQ. And they had such a smooth, such an amazing event. And so my kids are in um, a robotics team that are a couple of steps above. But so what they do is they give back to the community and help younger kids with their projects. Now this one um, is just one of several robots that you can build. And basically the kids build a robot. It's similar to Legos, but you can see it's different. The parts are different. The controller is different. Oh, the controller's over here. Um, and so the kids compete. And it's not about winning necessarily as it is about um, learning to work together and all the other things that go into doing a project like this. It's about communication, it's about building, it's just about getting the kids still excited in a sustainable way. So this is something that you can get a part of. There are they are around the world, Vex robots. So V-E-X. So you just look up Vex IQ if you've got younger kids. Um, there's also an EDR. There's there's lots of other um, levels that you can get started with. Now um, FRC. So first FIRSC has a Lego League. That's another possibility. If you're like most families, you've got Legos all over the place, right? So <laughs> why not put them to good use? So there's a lot of robotics clubs you can be a part of. Now they're after school. Um, sometimes they're just single family. So a family might have two or three kids and those kids get together and they are now a team. And so they build things like that. So you can look that up. So that's one way. Now, if you've got kids who like to build robots, but they're a little older, I'm going to show you uh, the one that won the world champion. It just happens to be in my garage. The one that won the world championship in 2017 in robotics. It's the high school level. It's like 150 pounds. It's huge. It's like five feet tall. And, uh, or no, this one's actually a little shorter. Um, it's anyway, you'll see it. And just happens to be in my garage. So I'll show you that one as well. They won the world championship in Houston, Texas in front of 20,000 people at the, I forget which stadium it was in, but it was a huge stadium. 
Um, so they, there's a high school level for that as well. You can also have kids build things. Um, this is a kit that uh, actually my seven, six-year-old actually built with dad. And this is a remote controlled robot. You can see it's got Arduino parts in here and sensors and all kinds of cool stuff. This was a weekend project. So there's a lot of cool different things that doesn't have to be part of an official curriculum, but just enough to get your kids interested and excited about science. So if robots isn't your kid's thing, but they're more into astronomy, that's an easy one because across the, uh, across the globe, there are astronomy societies. And all you have to do is get on Google and search for your local astronomical society or astro astronomy club. If you go to the night sky network, night sky network, you can look that up as well. And a lot of clubs will be listed in there. And so you don't actually need to own a telescope just by being a member of a club, which is usually, you know, like 10 or 15 bucks a year. Um, they will loan you a telescope to use. And it usually comes with some happy, friendly astronomers to show you how to use the thing. So that's another option as well. So if your kids are excited about that, um, another investment I would recommend if you're into astronomy or bird watching is a pair of binoculars. So this will help kids learn the night sky actually better than a telescope. So you can get them a pair of inexpensive binoculars for them to use. These are 10 by 50s. So uh, that's the, the, the size of the lenses in millimeters. And you can get started with that as well. Okay, so I hope this is helpful. What are a couple other things to keep in mind? Okay, so when you're choosing something to do, oh, here, let's just walk over to where the robot is while I'm talking to you. Here we go. So what else can you keep in mind? As you're choosing a curriculum, hang on, I can open the door. There we go. Suppose your kids are in like soccer and then they're in, what else could they be in? They could be in like, uh, well, here, I'll tell you that in a minute. Okay, so this is the actual robot. This is Bloodhound. He actually won the 2017 World Championship in FRC Robotics. And so he was on a team of three. So my kids are on the 973. Let's try a location that actually has a good connection. <laughs> okay, so one of my kids I was saying was the co-driver and one of them um, was like the pit master. He was in charge of wiring up and doing a lot of mechanical work. But the kids build their all their own, their own parts for it, right? That starts as a block of aluminum and then they machine like part of the arm or something like that. What's really cool about FRC is that they are encouraged, they call it cooperation. So competition, you know when you go to a soccer game, sometimes there's this set of parents that are just really annoying because they just are in it for themselves and they're loud and they're obnoxious and they're, so that is not encouraged in robotics environments, which is fantastic because what we want the kids to learn is that it, it's very similar to business. So if you are out there in business and you're yelling at your clients or you're yelling at your customer, your potential customers, or even at the guy across the street that opened an ice cream store and you're in the frozen yogurt business, um, that's not how businesses run today. People are needing to work together in very cooperative ways. And so for example, the 973 team, what they like to do is they will go to a competition and they will prefabricate a whole bunch of parts that they think other teams are going to need. And then they have a small group of them will run around to all the different um, uh, clubs that are all the different different teams that don't have like a finished robot. Like I remember one time there was a robot that showed up. It didn't even have any programming. It was only half built. You know, it was the best that they could do. It was a rookie team. It was their first year. Our team got in there and helped them, um, you know, help put the, both the rest of the parts on and got the, gave them a program and got them up and running so they could at least compete. 
And so this is the kind of feeling that you want, um, this synergistic, this working together feeling that you want so kids feel successful no matter what the outcome is at the end of the day. Even if they place you know, 72 <laughs> out of 74, they still feel like, hey, I made a robot that actually worked. And it looks like somebody's calling, but don't worry about that. So it's really cool to be able to uh, encourage kids to do this kind of work together. Um, that way, that at the end of the day, it's not about who wins. I forgot to take the phone off. Sorry about that. Um, it's not about winning the actual event that they're doing. It's about who they become in the process. You know, we're using science to build a kid. We're using science to uh, get your kids to be in the kind of person that they truly are and meant to be in this world. So that's what we're using science for. That's what we're using a curriculum for, honestly. So if you can keep that in mind as you're going along. And so initially my daughter was in gymnastics. She was, my kids were in karate. Um, they were in soccer. They were in football they, and there's nothing wrong with any of those my daughter did ballet she did dance she did all these all these things right um, and what's great about those is because it's getting the kids active it's getting them engaged it's getting them involved there's a lot of different skills what was missing though for me personally as a parent is kind of seeing the track that they were on like well they're spending all this time and we're putting all this energy and money into into like for example track and so there's uniforms to buy to buy and there's uh, you know there's meets to do at the at the end of the week right all your Saturdays occupied is AYSO for soccer, right? So there's a lot of different elements, um, a lot of your time, a lot of your money and expenses that go into this. And at the end, what do you have? Well, you have a kid who's really good at track, she's good at running, or he's good at soccer. You know, um, Are they gonna play professionally? Most of them not. <laughs> and so at the end, you've got this, well, now we need to do something else moment, right? So in robotics, what's different about that that I didn't realize when we first got into it is that they're learning the skills they're gonna need in business, they're learning the skills they're gonna need when they are um, they're communicating, even how to be successful in high school uh, because they're meeting their peers and a lot of the kids are younger when they first start, so they've already got their group and they're really awesome kids that are part of these robotics programs. And so at the end, what do you have? Well, when they're competing, they have Intel and HP and Boeing, those those people, those scouts are there looking at them. Colleges are there looking at them going, hey, I want you to be in my college. I want you to be in my program. So what's different about robotics from like ballet, a ballerina has a certain shelf life, right? And if they go on to, and if they don't, don't misunderstand me. I think a lot of these extracurricular activities are great. You also have to look at what they're serving. What's the ultimate, what's the end road? What's the end result you're looking for? Um, so a lot of kids, when they do, they'll do a sport for a few years and then they'll just fall off and not do it anymore. If you look at robotics, the kids, when they're done with this, they actually can take it further because the skills that they learn are, um, are the skills they need in life to be successful at so many different things. Working with your neighbors, teamwork, um, cooperation, communication, there's so much that goes into this. And that's actually one of the benefits that we found. We didn't realize this in the beginning, right? I mean, I was totally soccer mom, four kids, everybody had different activities, like two or three different activities, and I was driving around like crazy. And then I realized, hey, let's just pick the ones that are the highest and best use of our time. And that's when we really took a hard look at what we were spending our time on and where we were going. You know, because every ladder rung, every time you 
make progress along a path. It's like going up one more step on a ladder. And the answer is when you get to the top of the ladder, is that ladder on the right wall? Is this really where you want it to go? So that would be something I would encourage you to do as well. So if you're using a curriculum that is based in literature, art, or music, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's important to round it up with other areas as well. And there are easy, effective ways of doing this by pairing your kid up with someone that's already excited and passionate about science that can share that with them. Whether you go to the astronomy club and look through telescopes, whether you're building robots with a group of other really cool kids and participating in that and whether you're doing any number of things you know if you're interested in marine biology i actually have a marine biology class this week that's free you can participate in that as well and see if that's something that you'd like to continue with the, the continue study oceanography and marine biology you kind of get your feet wet and try it and see if you like it um, if you'd like to participate in that class you want to go to www.superchargedscience.com ocean so superchargedscience.com ocean and that's a free class that you can try as well even if the timing doesn't work for you make sure you get on that list because that um, you sign up anyway because then you'll get my personal invites every time I do another class so we have ones of biology coming up civil engineering geology um, rocketry robotics there's a lot of different ones so it doesn't have to be I guess the, at the end of the day the your curriculum doesn't have to be a, a formal curriculum you don't have to have all the steps lined up all you need to know is where you're headed and you want a well-rounded kid maybe you want a kid that has had uh, enough experience in each area of study so it could be geology and chemistry and biology and physics and all those areas so now when they get to high school they're like hey I know this is an area I'm really interested in. I want my electives to be around this. Um, so it just gives them more options as you go. You're giving them a menu of options instead of just one or two. Um, in fact, a, another parent uh, had written in and asked about how do I pick uh, electives for my kids in high school so you know by the time we get to college, it's easy uh, for them to know what they want to do. And they were specifically asking about electives in like physics because this, their high school had a lot of different programs um, in uh, robotics and mechatronics and then I thought well that's great um, usually though those kids were determined way before so you know if your kids got an engineering mind or not usually in the elementary years you know you've got a kid who's like taking apart the toaster and then putting it back together with extra parts and now it works even better because it has an option between you know settings number three which undercooks the toast and setting number four which totally burns it to a crisp you know they figured out how to get right in there or maybe they've they've um, fixed the bicycles so that keep going flat or they're always interested in how things work you know you hand them something interesting and they're like yeah but how does that work <laughs> so they're interested in building with the Legos but not necessarily playing with them as much so kids with an engineering mind that rarely shows up in high school which unfortunately is where a lot of kids feel like oh well Engineering sounds good because it makes a lot of money. Um, yeah, I think I can I could pick one of those majors and uh, That's not the way it works. Usually if kids have an engineering mind, you know it like long before and you've helped develop that as you go So kids with engineering minds, we want to see them like, you know, three four five six years old We want to see them building with blocks. We want to see them having you know exposure to Legos We're not pushing them with the program, but we're offering them opportunities We're giving them things that break and giving them uh, a manual and showing them that hey We read the directions and look we can probably figure out how it works You know if you buy something on the internet like from Amazon like a I don't know like a something and it needs to be put together like a bookshelf so you're handing them the directions you know with the schematic diagram and you're showing them the parts and you're showing them how to put it together and those kids just eat this up they love it 
other people not so much <laughs> so so that's the kind of kid that has an engineering mind and that's the type of kid you want to constantly be feeding just small little projects as you go and as they get further and further down the road those projects can be bigger and bigger and pretty soon they're you know they're making rockets in the living room and they're making underwater robots out of pvc parts and they're doing all kinds of cool things that you didn't even think were possible so those are the kids that are going to be when they get to high school they're like oh yeah i know what i want i would know what i want to do so if you got a kid who's got an engineering mind, I totally encourage you to be a part of our science family because our program is based on hands-on science. And so you can, all you need to do is just get on our email list, www.superchargedscience.com and go to free stuff. And I will send you free hands-on science projects each and every week. I just did one in, um, actually we do math as well as science. So if you've got a kid who's struggling with math, or they just can't figure out what, or if you, they say to you things like, oh, yeah, but what's it for? Like, why do I gotta learn this? <laughs> it means you, you haven't done one of two things. You haven't made it real, like you don't, you haven't made it practical. Like they don't know what calculus is for. They don't know what algebra is for. Um, and you, so you haven't given them a reason to learn it and you haven't made it practical. So one of those two things. And so those things we actually take care of in our program. So you don't have to learn any math at all. We teach it to you because we do it because math is the language of science. So when we're talking about acceleration and velocity, now we're going to talk about force vectors. Now we're going to talk about vectors versus scalars. Now we're going to talk about linear algebra. So all that stuff comes together when you need it. Like you don't need to learn about trigonometry until you actually are studying that area in science that uses that. It's used in chemistry for molecular uh, structures. It's used in all over the place in physics for projectile motion. There's a ton of places it's being used. Um, and so once kids understand like, oh, that's what it's for, Psh, I got it. Then you just give them a few examples of how that concept works in math and they've totally got it. And if they need more practice, that's what drill sheets are for until they got it. And then it's like onward, we, on we go, right? So you don't have to make a big deal out of math. Um, so, all right, so I hope that's helpful. You've got a number of different ways to do science into your curriculum that's easy, effective, using the resources that are already around you. If you look, there's no astronomy club, there's nobody doing robotics, and you still need help, or you look and the type of clubs around you aren't a good fit, you've tried it, just come back to us, superchargedscience.com. We do, we do stargazing actually online and I teach you how to use your telescope and then show you what it's for and where to point it. Um, we, we do robotics, we do all of these things. So this, this is a free resource for you as well. And if you love this and you wanna be part of our science family, I have an online science school. You're welcome to check that out as well, superchargedscience.com. And so there's a ton of resources that you can just tap into. In fact, last week I just developed, um, if those of you who like aquariums, the Monterey Bay Aquarium is one of the best in the world. And so I put together a packet where if you were to go to the aquarium, you could take this with you. And it was like a treasure hunt of looking around for all the interesting things. And then what's really cool is the aquarium actually put a lot of their exhibits online. So you could visit the aquarium without even buying a ticket and without even going anywhere. So you can download that packet as well and um, go ahead and use that for your science lesson this week. Okay, well, I hope this has been helpful. I will see you guys next week in the lab again, or uh, next week, I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> on Facebook Live. And if you're joining us for the marine biology class, again, it's superchargedscience.com slash ocean. And it's coming up uh, this week and it's free. And I will see you guys soon. Take care, everybody.